Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from from Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, from Inspired EC. We've got Nicole Halton, whose computer is a little bit tilted and it's really annoying her. Um, how you doing, Nicole? Well, other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> it might so be really there, distracting. Though. Has there been an earthquake or something? Is your house is your house slanted or what's happening? No. No, this is actually something you'd appreciate. So I recently, for our office, I purchased a small adjustable little table. We've set up like a a spot at the end of mine and Tasha's office where we can record podcasts and interviews and stuff like that because previously we've always had to try and make do with whatever. Uh So we've actually set something up now. So it looks a little bit nicer and made an effort. And so we got this little table and... I should have known when it was only like $40. Now, I don't know what American dollars that equates to, but 40 Australian dollars. So cheap. Yeah, I should have known. And so it was one of those things I had to put together myself and it came with all, like it came with seven different types of, I don't know whether you call them Allen keys. Are they called Allen keys there? That's what they are yeah. here. Allen like the little, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So it came with like seven different types of those and multiple whatever and so I put it together and but at the very beginning the first two bits that you had to put together two bits of metal and it had these little bolts and it seemed like they should have like a little washer or something between the bolt Mm -hmm. and the other bit of metal because it just doesn't go all the way through and then it's wobbly so the table is wobbly everything else went together really well these four bolts just don't go in properly so we need some washers for these four bolts so until we get washers for the four bolts do you know what the answer is? Zip well, ties. Zip tie. Okay. Um, zip ties are okay, but I suggest you send uh, you send Tosh out to the pub and have her get some uh, some beer coasters, and uh, you just use them to use them to shim it up on one side. Well, no, because it's where no, oh. like it's got like oh. it's got like a metal table leg, and then it oh, meets no. a metal base oh. and so it's where the leg meets the base that it's wobbly that, oh, that's and so problem. then it makes oh. the whole thing unstable oh, yeah, yeah no it's okay. not it's not good um no. hey, I think hey, it'll be an looking... easy fix but it's just how long it takes Got us it. to fix it Sure. Uh, listeners, wondering about that, that conversion, $40 Australian uh, at the moment of recording right now is $26.75 US. So uh, there's, there's, that's a, that's a good deal that's for a, a table. Uh, so you, so, so you've, you've got a, you've got a studio now, a, 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 a Zoom well, studio now. 
it's an end of an office that's converted into something it's respectable a, with a few nice chairs. It's a studio. Looks like a studio to me. But we've also um, got like little microphones too well, see, and a proper yeah. camera. See, you, you got to say we're, we're trying our best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't, 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 don't downplay it. The only it. It's downside is it's in. Yeah, it's still in our main office though, which there there's multiple other people working just outside the door. So I've had to give them the shush. Um, there's we've got our school holiday program on at the moment, so there is an absolute abundance of children just outside my window right now. Um, so it could be noisy, but we'll see. I I I did a a a Zoom. I'm not sure we were using Zoom. Maybe it was Go to Meeting back then from your old office uh, back in the day, and it was like upstairs. Was that at your old office? Yes. And it was like a thousand degrees. Yeah, and it was it was yes. like a thousand degrees, and uh, and while I was Tosh got me set up on the Zoom, and then her and uh, and my wife Tasha went to the beach and had a beer while I was I was sweating up there and <laughs> sweltering in, in the heat while they were off uh, enjoying a cold one. So uh, that was a good, that was yeah, good times. That's um, nice. Nah, it's nice to reminisce. So uh, Nicole, I made a I knew. Um, yeah, uh, we'll save the new friend for next episode. Um, I went to the ice ice cream truck the other day. When was the last time you went to the an ice cream truck? I could not tell you. And there's two reasons for that. One, it's winter right now. Too cold. Mm. Too cold for ice cream. But two, the ice cream trucks here are so expensive. Like crazy expensive. Like, okay, we're going to have to do some Australian dollar to US dollar math again. But I'm talking like... Seven dollars for an ice cream. Seven dollars for an ice cream. Uh, let me do that conversion, listeners. The conversion a seven dollar <laughs> Australian ice cream is uh four sixty eight in the United States. That's cheap. Um, I spent six dollars really? on my ice cream the other day, which is uh, just under nine dollars Australian. So, uh, yeah, you got a you got a good well, good deal on ice cream there in Newcastle. No. So. No, because so, you can uh, go to you can go to McDonald's and get like a ice cream for a dollar. But you gotta go to McDonald's. Or you can get a and... whole tub. You can yeah, but, I know, but you could get a whole tub of ice cream for like ten dollars. Uh well, I am a I'm a man of convenience. And so okay. I've been fall I've been keeping an eye on this ice I've been keeping an eye on this ice cream truck and our paths have not 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 really quite crossed so far this summer until the other day I was about uh half a mile out to sea in the kayak and uh I spot the ice cream truck pull up they've got the little pull-in places where people can pull up and access I, the I, I saw the ice cream truck pull up and I thought well <laughs> shit I want some ice cream and I thought okay I'm gonna try to I'm, I'm gonna try to make it to the ice cream truck before he leaves if I make it, I get ice cream and a story to tell on the podcast. And if I don't make it, I don't get ice cream and I still have a story to tell. And so I, I paddled and I paddled. I'm hurrying along and I'm hurrying and I'm keeping keep an eye on the number of people in line. And, and I'm paddling and I'm, I'm huffing and I'm puffing. And the last person is line and I, in line and I hit the shore and I, I leap out of the kayak and I pull it up on the sand a little bit so it doesn't leave without me. And I, I hurry up there and I'm huffing and I'm puffing and I, I get my ice cream. And I was so, 
so happy. And I head back to the kayak and there's these two women sitting there in their uh, beach chairs, just cackling because they had seen me coming and they knew I was heading for the damn ice cream truck. And they were, they've been cheering me on, hoping I made it. And, uh, and so they were, they were very, very happy that I, I got my, I got my ice cream, but then it was so damn hot. I had to hurry and eat it and it was melting all over the place. And I had, I had ice cream cause I got one of those cone things and it's melting and, 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 but um, I, at least I was, I was back out to sea so nobody could, could see me with lots of ice cream on my face and I just kind of kind of rinsed it off in the so ocean the real there, question so. though mm -hmm. what flavor um it was I don't um, it, it was um all the flavors it was a waffle cone vanilla ice cream Yum. and then it had chocolate chunks and chocolate sauce and nuts and stuff on it Nice. I don't, nice. I don't remember. It had, uh, I think it, its name was like the big ass ice cream cone or something like that. Not probably, probably not that, but yeah. Okay, it makes it was, me long for summer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I burnt off enough calories hurrying to shore yeah. to, uh, to warrant eating the ice cream. So, uh, you earned my, my ice cream story. So you wanted to talk about AI in documentation. Is that what, that's what it, what's going on? What's going, what, what, yes. what are you talking about? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll preface this with I'm a lover of technology and I'm a lover of like new apps and cool things that do stuff and I love automations and I love like shortcuts with apps and all that sort of stuff. But um, recently I've noticed here that there are some companies that are starting to come out with AI technology to support educators in writing documentation of children's learning and I have lots of mixed feelings about that and I think I can see some pros and some cons the pros for sure. me are obviously if we save time for educators when they're documenting stuff then they spend more time with children like that's a given you know anything that saves time on a computer gives us time mm -hmm. to spend with children so that feels like a win but I think the cons Oh, the cons worry me that we're making educators stop thinking and, you know, we're outsourcing something. For me, documentation's always been about, you know, making children's learning visible and, you know, it, a large part of it isn't about what I create. It's about the process of thinking about what I've seen and making sense of why children play in the way that they do. It's that wondering and, you know, questioning and, you know, going off in search of research that supports why this is happening a certain way. And mm -hmm. I just worry that if if there's a robot doing that for me, do I do I need to think about any of that stuff anymore? And will I think about any of that stuff anymore? And probably not me because I'm not doing it anymore, but I can see so many educators that are. And I just really worry about what that's going to do to the thinking of the people who are working with children. So have you played with any of these apps yet? I haven't played with any of the documentation ones. Um, I've only just seen them come up recently. I've played with some standard kind of, you know, chat GPT and, you know, mm -hmm. those kinds of basic AI tools that are available and I think it's worth noting that all AI is not the same like you know I think a lot of people kind of assume that well if something's AI then it must be doing it all for you like the whole argument at the moment about whether 
you know, school students or university students should be able to use AI for assignments and essays and whatever. Like, I think there's an assumption that all AI is the same and it's not, you know, we use a lot of artificial intelligence already in various software and things that we use, but yeah, so I haven't played with the documentation one specifically. I've really only seen them popping up recently. Um, a Facebook group I was in the other day, there was one being promoted by the company. Um, and it just really made me wonder what what the point is other than the time-saving element. Is is it going to, I don't know, is it, We're especially here in Australia, we're all for talking about how as a profession, we want to be seen as professionals, as knowledgeable about children and child development and all those sorts of things. But if I don't have to think about it and I can just, you know, I can maybe write down what I saw happen and then somebody else, an artificial source, can interpret that and link it to some learning outcomes and whatever. Is that helpful? I don't know. Well, um, I haven't I haven't played with any of the documentation stuff. I've I've had lots of emails recently uh, about AI generated early learning curriculum, quote unquote personalized curriculum uh, for for oh. kids, including some people trying to put themselves on on this show basically to market their products. I don't I don't think they'd want to have oh. a real real uh, discussion about the value of those things. Um, and and so I, I've got. I've got misgivings about using AI to generate curriculum because I think kids are perfectly capable of generating curriculum on their own. And yeah. as far as documentation goes, I think anything anything we can do to make it easier and less time consuming, I think is a good idea. But I would guess that what's out there now is probably like the beginning of of VCRs or or CD players. <laughs> Uh, back in the day, the the technology isn't mature enough to actually be useful. Um, but then what worries me there is, you know, I recognize, and as I say, I've had a play around with chat GPT. So for example, I threw into chat GPT, um, I think the prompt I gave it was explain to me um, Peter Gray's characteristics of play. Mm-hmm. And it did. And it did a pretty good job of it. Like when I compared Mm -hmm. it with what I know, I'm like, that's actually a pretty good job of, you know, what I understand that to be. So realistically, you know, you can see how things can work, but things can also go haywire too. I've seen some examples where people have, you know, said, you know, provide me with a sentence about blah and it's completely off base or, and what worries me is that perhaps people may not be, and maybe this is a, a judgment an unfair judgment, but I, I worry that there may be educators who aren't discerning enough to determine whether some of those things that might be spat out by an um, AI system are not accurate or appropriate or meaningful. You know, I think sure. where we can save time on things, you know, maybe it is linking to learning outcomes or something, something that's quite, I don't know, doesn't require a lot of interpretation or thinking I'm not sure but I just worry that you know there'll be things that are written things that are put together that aren't really a true representation of what's happening and what the educator knows about it I mean AI can't know a child it just can't 
can't it? You're making a frowny face. No, this I'm is making not a visual a medium. I, I, think I'm making, a I think I'm face. making. I think I'm making a smirking face. Aren't I smirking? <laughs> but, but can it? Can can it well, really well, know well, a like, child? Like, like like not maybe not today, but I mean the first portable CD back. Hey, young listeners, there used to be used to be things called portable CD players that you could uh, you could walk Discman. around with your your wired yeah it have your disc man um and and the first ones <laughs> I was, had one of those and a walkman sure, with a cassette sure. in it yeah yeah and and the 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 first uh the first seat i mean the cd players even even the stationary ones they skipped a lot they weren't dependable the technology got better they got more reliable then we moved on to something else um the ai technology isn't it isn't mature yet but now picture this picture 25 years from now where and and look, I, I I want I want nothing more than classroom and playground drones. And I talked to Lisa Murphy about this two hundred plus episodes ago, probably. Um, I have heard that. Now 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 picture picture classroom drones hovering up above the kids and following them out to the out to the playground and everything, videotaping things, and and then with facial recognition software, um, capturing video clips and placing those in individual child's uh, documentation folders. Okay, so so there's there's uh, there's little uh, Teddy and he's <laughs> he's he's pushing a tire up the slide, and and that 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 goes into his documentation and the AI the AI can recognize on that video what he's doing and the AI can can document that he's working on on uh, large motor activity and vestibular and proprioceptive uh, development and uh, and he gets up to the top of the slide and he has a little bit of art an argument with uh, with uh, Beth about uh, about who gets to push the tire down the slide and the AI documents that in both of their folders and that and and documents the social interaction Interaction that 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 started out because the looks on their faces was was conflict, and they ended up resolving it themselves. Um, Twenty five years from now, AI can do all of that. Maybe, but what about? And look, perhaps children just get used to it. But you know, now, like if you pull out a camera, particularly now with this generation of children, you pull out a camera, and all of a sudden you've got you know three children posing, and you know like sure. they stop what they're doing, it interrupts their play, and would that not happen with AI drones? When the when the drone is seventy five foot above them outside, <laughs> and, and maybe so maybe inside, you're maybe having inside, them maybe... way way above. But how many drones do you need? Like, and how do they know which children to focus on and what to capture? Like, there's so many questions. Uh, <clears throat> look, um, the, the the military has cameras that can target multiple um, multiple enemies at the same time and launch missiles at them. I think I think we can figure out the technology to keep track of seven or eight, ten or ten kids on a playground with a with a with a drone. Um, and and maybe inside, maybe it's maybe it's just a, a stationary uh, camera um, on on the ceiling that the kids don't even know is there. Maybe it's not a drone inside. Um, there are parts of that that I like. And, you know, I think anything that frees, that's what I said before, anything that frees educators up to spend more time directly interacting with children sure. is a win for me. Sure. Like that, that's the draw card. And I can see 
you know, I know here at the moment, educators are leaving in droves and, you know, everyone's talking about burnout. Everyone's talking about having too much to do. And so I can see the appeal. I can see why people are drawn to that kind of technology. I just wonder if there are other parts of our workload that could be taken by that type of technology and not the things that require our brains to think about children's learning and the knowledge that we've acquired. Like, I just worry that that knowledge is wasted. Sure. Um, But on the other hand, that's for people who are doing quality, thoughtful documentation. Uh, What percentage of the early learning profession do you think is doing quality, thoughtful documentation on on a consistent basis? Well, from from my recent forays into early childhood Facebook groups, I'd say very small percentage because one, they don't have time, but even the ones that do have time, look, there is a massive, there's a massive shortage of people who are truly deeply knowledgeable about early childhood. I think there is, unfortunately, at the moment, you know, we know we've got a skill shortage. So we've got people that are coming into the sector that just don't have the skills or experience or the, you know, like they haven't thought deeply enough about things. And so they're not doing that. There is still a lot of that surface documentation. Sally and Fred played in the sandpit. Sally used her right hand to move the shovel and dig the sand. This is great gross motor skills. You know, link to learning outcome, blah. Like that's still happening and that's happening a lot. And so maybe AI is better than that. Well, not maybe, I'm sure it probably is going to be better than that. But then I worry about, is that the easy out? You know, is that the out that instead of pushing those people to get better and to think more deeply and to reflect on what they're doing and to, you know, continually want to grow and evolve, does it give them a free pass to just, well, I don't have to do that now because something else will do that for me. I don't have to think about the implications of, you know, particular types of play or the way the environment's set up or the way that I facilitate interactions between children because something else is doing that for me. So what if the AI offers thoughtful prompts? Like, hey, that your document- I could probably deal with. Your, your documentation is kind of yeah, half-assed. Could... How about you put some more thought into what the AI says to you? Yes. Now that I like, that I like, that sentence is shit. Pull it together. Give me something better. Yeah, probably we'd want, we probably we wouldn't want an AI based on how I would respond. Um, But, (laughs) but look, what if it, what if it actually, actual polite, thoughtful um, prompts with, with links to, to resources. Okay. Based on, yeah. So, so as, as kind of a recorded, yeah. Yeah. Based on what you've recorded, it then could say, have you thought about this or this, you know, and here are some links for some more information about that. And you could go to that link and go, okay, great. So that's what they're learning they're, they're, or they're developing, you know, their proprioceptive skills. Great. I can put that in there and I can go back and I can add that in. It's those, yeah, those sorts of prompts. I think that's clever technology. And for me, that's, that's, that's kind of like, Vygotskyan scaffolding isn't it like it's it's saying well here's where you're at and we'll give you a little bit out of other stuff to kind of take you into that next spot sure sure that, so I think, would be clever so the if the technology advances as a documentation assistant 
instead of a an automated documentation process where where it is is acting as a near peer and and helping collect collate and uh, reflect on on what's going on there's there's lots of possibilities there because just imagine you know one one of the things AI is doing really well at over the last couple of years is is um, handwriting, uh, translating handwriting into text, um, yeah. facial recognition type stuff, those kind of things. And so, if you take if you just handwritten notes on an iPad, not typed or anything, just squiggles, and if the AI can translate that, that uh, that Timmy and Jennifer were were playing in the sandbox and blah 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 blah, whatever that note is. And then that's just handwritten on the iPad by the by the caregiver, and then the AI translates that into text, uh, recognizes the names of those two children, pops it into their portfolios, um, and and then uh, because of the time that was written, accesses the drone video um, and puts video clips of that interaction into their into their yeah. profile, and then links that to whatever whatever learning standards you happen to be paying attention to in your program, and and links to um related activities that uh that that the kids might be interested in or or based on that video the loose parts and the materials they are interacting with uh makes suggestions of eight or ten other things that might uh might enhance that kind of uh, activity the next time kids were engaged in it um what's that like for you look i can see the potential in those kinds of things in, in terms of you know cutting out some unnecessary steps or some time consuming steps and, you know, putting photos in or whatever, like those sorts of things can be fiddly time consuming and not particularly, you know, brain heavy, I suppose. I think I like the idea of prompts. I like the idea. And to be fair, like, you know, as I said, I haven't tested any of this software yet in specifically in relation to documentation. So I'd like to do that. Um, I might reach out to some of these companies and see if I can test them, be a guinea pig. Um, but I have tested things like, as I say, chat GPT and a few other AI things. I think you also need to, it's almost like humans need to be trained to use. And perhaps that's part of that, whatever kind of AI you end up using in your service, if you're going to use some, is that there's training for people to use it and how to use it and how to interact with it, how to discern what is valuable and what may not be, you know, even if it generates, you know, ideas for extending on the learning or whatever, there is some of that stuff that could be crap. And you think, I don't know, I wouldn't do that. Or, you know, like there's, it's not going to be foolproof. So you've got to have like a, a human based system of kind of verifying. Yes, that's all good. I'm happy with that. It couldn't just write it, put it into a portfolio and you don't look at it again. And then it goes off to the parent or yeah. whatever. Like, I think there still needs to be some element of human cross-checking to go, yep, great, it's taken. And I say that to people even, um, I did some training for a service and uh, some of their educators, their family daycare, like in-home educators, and um, some of those, uh, some of the educators in this service don't speak English very well. It's their second language. And so um, they, or they speak it fairly well, but they don't write it well. And so mm -hmm. they were having a lot of trouble you know, documenting the children's learning in a really clear way. And so, you know, we talked about recording in their own voice, in their own language, and having that converted to English and then converted to text and, you know, like utilising some of those sorts of, you know, apps and things that are available. And I said, 
you know, that's all well and good and it's great. It's such a great way. And particularly even if you've got educators who maybe, you know, struggle with things like dyslexia or have, you know, literacy um, challenges, mm-hmm. it could be really helpful for them to voice record what they're seeing, what they're experiencing and have that translated to text. But there still needs to be some sort of cross-check because I know even um, my in my car, when someone sends me a text message, I can have my car read it to me, which is mm-hmm. great, except sometimes the way it reads, it has no inflection, it has no, um, you know, correct grammar and whatever. And sometimes it it will just pick up on the wrong thing. And I'm like, what in the heck did it say? Like I've been in fits laughing before and I'm now at the point where I actually can't listen to those messages when my kids are in the car, especially because I have people who text me who swear. Um mm-hmm. And so it, it says that out loud and it gives me a really good laugh, but it's not always accurate. And so I just think there needs to be like that human level still on top of that. I, I've read I've read text messages written by humans and and it might be accurate. Um, well, perhaps people... it could be, yes. <laughs> it could be. So... So you there, see, so there's a lot of potential there. Um, look, I'm I'm using AI. There there is some AI involved in the the uh, the software I use to to process these episodes. Uh, there is I, I found a new AI I've been playing with that goes out and hunks hunts for um, play related article, well whatever related articles you want. That'll hunt hunt for for news articles. I've spent a lot oh, of time cool. on with uh with 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 uh with the the kind of the news search kind of things and uh this one it it it, it it's i'm it's in the training process now it brings i i gave it uh give it the parameters these words have to appear and everything you bring me back and these words should have these words can appear um or or not and these words i don't want any of these words and uh and then it brings me back training articles and i either tell them if i like them or well, not i love that and uh, even I've only been using it for a couple of days playing with it. And it's got, I can tell it's getting better over, over just a short amount of time. And so once it gets trained does up, it allow it's going to, does it hmm? allow you to feed back though? And to say like, yes, this was a good article that you gave me or no. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. it gives a lot of thumbs up or thumbs down. And I, yeah, I just right. tell it. Yeah. And and uh, and it it goes that way. So I'm using that. I'm using a, a a a proofreading AI that is better than any human proofreader that I've ever had. Um, and um, things like uh, the the Chat GPT, whatever that is. What is it? Chat Chat GPT. Yeah. yeah. This things like has that. Explorations um, early there, there are upstairs studio good ways you can use it. Like I was I was training. Um, a oh. weeks ago, and I I told the AI to to give me some bullet points on this topic, and I, I was like, give me eight bullet points, and I I read through them, and maybe three of them were interesting to me, and then I told him to generate another seven, and it did that, and and over time I I, I collected these these bullet points, and so it's almost like using it as an office assistant, which yes. which comes in handy, and so I think in early learning programs the look ai is going to replace um a lot of re- repetitive office tasks yeah. before it replaces much and so um in early learning programs when you can cut down on office staff people or the amount amount of time caregivers are spending do, spending doing office tasks 
um, when you have the AI um, generate a letter to parents about the field trip uh, based on the other 45 that you've had it do over the last year, um, once it's yeah. trained up and it can it can write that that document very quickly and very accurately. And then you as the human have to, at least for a while, make sure you're doing that proofreading that takes that takes away a lot of busy work out of the out yeah. of the day that that allows for more time with children which is where the the humans should and be I spending the time yeah and that's where we've been using it you know i use it in a few different like software programs and things for developing training and you know resources and whatever it's it's a, that discernment that comes with it. It's that reviewing the bullet points and going, yes, those ones are good. Those ones are not. It's, and I think that's the thing. I, I guess regardless of what direction you go with using any kind of AI, I think there has to be a level of discernment and human involvement to shape it, sure. you know, and, and, and give it that feedback as to what's working and what's not working. You can't just blindly accept that, oh, great, it wrote that observation for me, bang, I'm done. It's like you need to actually read it and go, what does that say and does that say what I need it to say? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it made into the news over there, but here in the States, I don't even remember what state it was in. It was a, a month or two ago, uh, a a young lawyer used AI to generate a, a court document, a filing, um, and it was just full of errors and... <laughs> Because because this young lawyer, somebody graduated from from a prestigious law law school, just clicked print on what the what the AI created oh, no. and and signed it and handed it to a judge and and the judge um, tore it apart and and I mean there's all kinds of I'm, I'm sure college students and high school students are using it in the same writing yeah. papers. You got to actually read the paper and see if it has any legitimacy to it um yes so and, and then we've you've also got to pay attention to who's who's training the ai because the the biases of the humans involved in creating the ai uh seep their way into into the ai there's plenty of ai out there that shows political bias for example because the people yeah. creating it are on one team and they are they're creating AI that's biased towards the other team. Um, facial recognition that the uh, software that involves a lot of AI, um, a lot of those um, those tools are turning out to be racist because of the way they they identify fam uh, people. So, um, like, I, but but it's technology that's still in its infancy. Yeah. But twenty five fifty years from now, um, yeah, it's either going to be we'll be looking um, back at it like the VCR. I mean, or else there'll be Terminators um, coming to <laughs> to kill us all because Skynet um, got pissed off at us, one or the other. Something will happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe both. I hope. I hope when when Skynet comes to fruition and is a real thing, um, I hope the Terminators actually look like Arnold Schwarzenegger because that that would that would help me see that. Uh, that the AI that our that our tech our, our computer overlords at least have a sense of humor. Yeah, well, that's that that's be, one thing. That's something to look forward to. <laughs> so, great. what what's one thing before we wrap up? What's one thing about your day to day that you would love it if AI could do for you? Oh wow! I don't know sure and it'd have to be something oh like probably 
cook dinner. Like if AI could tell me what's in my cupboard, what's in my fridge, what it can make with that, give me the recipe and like just process that, like that that whole, and I know there's uh-huh. probably parts of that that you can do, but I feel like I want it to have like an inventory of my pantry and my fridge and my freezer and then put it into a meal that's going mm-hmm. to be easy for me to cook. It's going to meet everybody's uh, dietary needs, especially my youngest who's now decided she's a vegetarian. How am I going to accommodate for everybody? I know. How am I going to accommodate for everybody if it could do that and give me the step-by-step with visuals of what it looks like mm-hmm. when I'm cooking it? Great. Done. Because <laughs> I hate I hate thinking about what we're having for dinner and what I'm cooking and whether I've got the right ingredients or not. It's a pain. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good one. That sounds like a good one. Um, What's I think yours? I would. Um, I you know I I don't know. I've pruned out. I've got to do. I guess I've got to doing all the all the stuff. It's looking for articles. It's proofreading things for me. That's all. That's all I need. Um, I guess it could. I'm definitely loving the for articles. That's a great one. Yeah, I guess I could if if it kept you know it kept an eye on how much rum I had in stock. Um, I guess that would be. That would See, be there good. you go. But, checker AI. <laughs> yeah, I can pretty much do that by looking across the room. So I'm I'm pretty good there. <laughs> hey, hey, listeners, if you played around with AI, especially documentation, early learning documentation AI, I'd like to hear about it. 228-363-6737. You can send me a text message there, or you can leave a voicemail. Can't go longer than five minutes on that voicemail because it'll it'll cut you off because uh, apparently the AI that processes that someplace doesn't doesn't have a very long attention span or something. Um, Says you have a five minute opinion. That is okay. Yeah. 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 You can always call back and finish up. I, you know, look, if you got, if you got 30 minutes of voicemail, you want to leave, you, you can have your own episode. Um, I'll just, I'll just pop in and make comments and we'll play your 35 minutes of voicemails. That would be great. I think that would actually be humorous. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? No, that's all. Hey, so listeners, you can join me for Childcare Bar and Grill Happy Hour, the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, USA. There is a link in the show notes, or you can go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag. You can also head over to Playhaven at myplayhaven.com, our little our little infant um, online community of practice, like guess is what we're calling it, has its own website now. Um, check it out. Come over, talk, chat. Um, a number of our our callers have uh, have been hanging it out there and coming to happy hour, and it's been a, a fun thing. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.